0: Um, I think it's a journey that is. I wish everybody could take.
1: It'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? It would be,
0: because, you know, I think people, there's there's an assumption with the stigma that people who have a mental health issue are weak, and I think this is just one more way that we prove that the strength is actually something you can't see, you can't measure.
1: I'm Jamie Dew, and this is a show of strength. Hey, it's Jamie here and welcome to a show of strength. Today, we are going to talk about a program that I went through called laughing like crazy. This program is one of many programs offered at the Mood Disorder Association of Ontario or the MDAO. I first became aware of the MDAO around summertime of 2015 when I heard about laughing like crazy and its cousin laughing like crazier. It wasn't until... 2017 however that I managed to get into the program and when I did it really changed my world any of you who've been listening to this show for any amount of time know that I host my own monthly comedy show now at the SoCAP called Crazy Eights this show was totally born of laughing like crazy and laughing like crazier I can't say enough about these programs but the core of the MDAO it's the people The people that I've managed to meet through Laughing Like Crazy and Laughing Like Crazier are wonderful. Today, I'm going to introduce you to one of these wonderful people. Her name is Anne Borley, and she was the facilitator when I took Laughing Like Crazy. Through her, we're going to learn about the MDAO, some of the programs it offers, and we're going to learn about her experience with Laughing Like Crazy. My hope is that you'll hear today's episode and reach out to the MDAO to commend them on this wonderful program, Laughing Like Crazy, and its cousin, Laughing Like Crazier. These programs are essential, and I cannot emphasize enough how important I think they were to my mental health and to several of the peers that I met going through the program. So please go to www.mdao.ca and drop them a line about these programs if you're interested in taking them or if you're interested in supporting them. On the note of support, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, The Review Cinema.
0: Looking for a more authentic movie-going experience? The Review Cinema, established in 1912, is an independent, not-for-profit, community-run cinema that continues to bring a variety of film and culture to the city of Toronto today. Located on historic Roncesvalles Avenue, The Review has a mix of the latest Hollywood films, documentaries, silent films, and your favorite old classics. Visit www.reviewcinema.ca to see our full program, or drop by to see for yourself. The Review Cinema, projecting all possibilities.
1: And without further ado, here's Anne Borley talking about laughing like crazy. So laughing like crazy, first of all, mm. based on what you know, isn't that offensive?
0: Offensive, laughing like crazy. Yeah, crazy. I think it takes back the word for us. Okay. I'm Ta- a big fan of of taking back words, taking back meanings. Uh, mad pride, laughing gotcha. like crazy. I, I think. So
1: similar to you know the queer movement, sort of.
0: Absolutely. Grabbing I that think word it's, back. It's something that we want people to laugh at the crazy because sometimes that's what we have to do. Gotcha. Okay. Plus, I think. The first word is so important. Laugh. It's such a big word. It's such a healing word. And I don't think people realize that until they're actually sitting in the auditorium with us and they're laughing and nodding their heads and saying, "Gosh, I wish I had that. I wish I could get up there and do that."
1: Yeah, I heard I mean, I heard about the program probably 2 years before I got in and it just appealed to me right away, you know, the idea. But I would love for you to describe what the what the program sort of entails, and also, you know, we're talking about it like a separate entity right now as well. Um, it's the Mood Disorder Association of Ontario mm-hmm. that um, what would you say uh, supports sponsors, sponsors, sponsors the program? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And uh, for laughing like crazy in particular, or the session that I went through, it was also an, there was also another organization that you can probably speak to, you know, yes. really well. Star
0: yeah. Learning Center at St. Mike's. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Tell me a little bit about Star.
0: I can tell you a little bit about STAR. STAR is a project that was started by the Urban Angel Fund. Um, It was started by the Odette family. They gave a very generous donation to St. Mike's. And um, this is the second project that was started by the Odette family or by the Urban Angel Fund. Uh, It's for people who have been homeless in the last two years or who have been recently housed. And that's the only criteria. Um, it's designed to be very low barrier to reach people who have been on the street or people who have been in shelters, et cetera, and have that experience of homelessness in their lived experience. So what we do is we run programming um, Monday to Friday, every morning and every afternoon, and sometimes a third program in the evening <laughs> or in the early evening. Um, and everything from the Wellness Recovery Action Plan that we talked about earlier through to Laughing Like Crazy through weights and exercise and physical fitness to uh, emotional intelligence to um, boundary setting, all sorts of different programs for people to take and learn and do certificates in. So it's a fabulous program. It's run by a very small staff. Um, The goal is to get more people who have been in the program facilitating the program, so constantly having that turnover of... People who've been in the program take the program and then come and facilitate and get paid for what they're doing.
1: Yeah, sure, um, yeah. So and, and we're running, and, you know, also just the power of having somebody who's has that lived experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're running programs with Young Street Mission. They're running programs with Covenant House, um, and it's all based out of Forty Oak Street, which is a great program in and of itself. So it's it's a great program.
1: And you would find Star on the Saint Mike's site.
0: On Saint Mike's website, yeah.
1: Okay, that's that's. That's really good information to uh, have.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's a fabulous program. I wish there were more in the city.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can. There's a whole other conversation there. I'm from I'm from the sticks, and you know we've got we've got nothing. Like I look at you know the different programs we do have here, and uh, it's it's pretty spectacular. But you're right, this is a big city. There are a lot of people that are um, suffering in silence, and. You know, hopefully they're listening to this right now. And if they are, they can take, you know, that step forward and, um, and do what they need to do to, you know, get on a, on a path for recovery. God, wouldn't that be tremendous? So that's star and that's out of St. Mike's. And then there is laughing like crazy at the MDAO or mood disorder association of Ontario. Um, so how did you. Uh, discover the program?
0: Well, Mood Disorders was the first step for me in my recovery. Okay. If there's a first step for somebody, um, my mother had found Mood Disorders online and she'd basically told my entire story to this forum of people that I didn't know. Like
1: an online forum? An pit online pit pit forum. Pit. Okay.
0: Um, and I was mortified. Absolutely mortified. <laughs> and then um, I thought, you know what? They have groups So let me go see what this group thing looks like. Um, Otherwise, I'm just sitting around at home doing nothing much.
1: And you're talking about the various peer support groups that they they offer.
0: Various peer support groups. So I decided to check out the women's group, and that's how I started mood disorders. Went in, found people like me, was shocked. (laughs) really shocked it's a really shocking experience when you
1: hear (laughs) something because you you just feel so isolated and alone
0: and when somebody's saying something and you find yourself nodding your head because yeah i I feel that way too or that's happened to me or oh my god i'm not the only one And, and i think those three sentiments come usually the first or second time you sit in a group with other people Um, The beauty of mood disorders is you don't have to give your name. You don't have to give a diagnosis. You don't have to provide anything. The fact that you're there for them is enough. Um, Wow. It's incredibly powerful. So they hooked me with their groups. Yeah. (laughs) I started going to the groups and finding people who thought the same way I did or who were just as bewildered as I was about a diagnosis or what that meant or all this horrible medication and stuff that was being thrown down our throats. How it makes you
1: feel, how it makes you... The side effects, the side that, effects that were going yeah. on,
0: the relationships that were being in, that were being, bruised or held or touched or whatever. I mean, all of this stuff was all talked about. And, and people, people would cry and you'd be held by the group. And that was an incredible feeling to know that you could say something and the group would rally you.
1: It's like akin to that, I don't know if it's an acting exercise or... We all did it when we were kids, where where you stand there and you fall back, you know, and you know that somebody's there They're to catch, catch you. you. Yeah, and it's, a, it's like it's scary as hell. Like even as a kid, just doing the fall back thing. But what a feeling of comfort when you feel arms surrounding you. You know, maybe metaphorically or or actually, uh, it's just, just it's powerful.
0: Watching people around you nod as you tell your story. Right, And seeing that, so it's not only you're nodding while they're talking, they're nodding while you're talking. And and it's sort of this, um, I ran the bipolar group for two years after that. And the immense relief of people, they would tell me, I never thought anybody else would ever talk about this kind of thing. I never thought I would be able to tell anybody what actually happened. I never thought that I'd be able to talk about it out loud.
1: And your experience is that, is that the stigma? Is that the stigma do you think like i'm i'm listening to you say that and it's like that's how i felt and that's probably how the other people in my group felt um, both at laughing like crazy and the other groups i've done and and it just dawns on me right now like like why do we why do we feel that way why do we feel like nobody else would it's because people don't talk about it
0: people don't talk about it and because we do do things when we're not ourselves so when we are ill that we'd never imagine ourselves doing. Right. Um, You know, the person that I can become when I'm ill is so different than the person I am when I'm healthy.
1: I want to go back to you a little bit more here. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd been at the MDO three or four months. You had been going to women's groups. Mm -hmm. You'd also at this point been doing some support in bipolar groups, like through...
0: I started the bipolar group later than that. I started okay. the bipolar group. Um, so, I was going to the women's group. I was also going to a group called Prefer, Okay. which was um, preparing resilience. I'm trying to remember the, all the words: all education, resilience uh, for employment. Basically. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so it was a group of uh, eight different courses that were being given to peer to people who identified as wanting to be peer support workers.
1: Okay. And this is at the MBO as well?
0: No. Oh, okay. This is completely separate. This was run out of um, the Krasman Center. Okay. And uh, up in Richmond Hill. Uh-huh. And they were taking 55 people a year and they had a five-year mandate. And so we did classes like RAP, Wellness Recovery Action Plan. Yeah. We did um, another class on boundaries and learning about what peer support looks like and and sort of what are those boundaries and how do you navigate the the different boundaries that come up with peer support. Uh, We did crisis and suicide intervention. We did pathways. We did uh, GAM, which is gaining autonomy over my medication. So learning about our medication and the impact it had in our lives and, and sort of changing medications and what that looked like and how.
1: So, again, there's, there's sort of a thread here for you that, you know, you've been managing, you know, through education to a certain degree. Would you say that's Absolutely. a fair Absolutely. assessment on my part? Absolutely. Yeah, it just seems uh, like that sounds like an incredible opportunity. But, you know, opportunities are what they are. People need to go and, you know, take advantage of those opportunities. And kudos to you for doing that. That sounds like, a, you know, a really cool program.
0: It was a very cool program. It was very much self-directed, plus you got together once a month to meet with other people who were doing a similar program, so you got a chance to interact and to, to talk to different people and see what their journey was, and And it was a very interesting program. It brought together a lot of really cool people. Awesome. Um, so I was doing that, um, and laughingly like Crazy started up, and then... It's it just kind of all melded together sort of over 2010, 2012 was sort of the two years that really brought me to see that I could be healthy and do things again, like gone through a long period where I hadn't been and I really needed to be healthy again.
1: To be out and to be uh, social to a certain degree, right? Like, is well, that sort of what you mean? Like-
0: yeah, I, I needed to be, I needed to find Anne because Anne had gotten lost Anne had gotten lost in the illness, Anne had gotten lost in a role that she played in the illness, and Anne needed to come back out again. And we had mom, we had wife, or partner, Um, but we didn't have Anne, and that's the person I went in search of. So that's when I started laughing like crazy, it was sort of to say, can Anne be funny? Can Anne try these things? So what can Anne do? So that was the goal behind laughing like crazy. Um, I was very lucky because in doing the things that I did, I met a whole crowd of people who had their own journeys. So I didn't feel that I had to explain my other life. I didn't have to explain my journey. We all accepted and knew that each of us had been on a journey. And as we got to know each other, we got to know those journeys. But there was no upfront demand for what have you been doing all your life? Or why are you here? Or tell me about why aren't you working? Or any of those questions that you want to so desperately avoid when you're just getting well again.
1: I can relate to all of that. Yeah. You just don't, I'm just not ready to talk about this, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And all these people were in the same, exactly the same position that I was in. So we were all taking these steps forward together for the first time. And it was an incredible feeling. So soon after that, um, I did wrap two, which is the wellness recovery action plan, train the, um, Become a trainer, and I actually got hired right away, which is fantastically lucky. Um. Amazing. <laughs> and then MDAO asked me if I would consider starting up a bipolar group. And so
1: that's how the bipolar. So group. that's
0: how the bipolar group came. Very. After I started facilitating RAP, um, the ED of, of MDAO, who's been a bit of a mentor to me. Um, came and said had I considered starting up a bipolar group because they didn't have a bipolar group running during the week. They had one in the evenings, but not during the week in the afternoon. I see. So I said, sure. And they said, don't worry. You'll have about four or five people working with you, so you won't have to do it every week. hmm
1: Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. They were invisible people, weren't they?
0: They were. They were. So it was myself and um, a wonderful woman named Bethany who um, put her hand up and said she'd try and come and and try it with me and uh, we started our little group and it was magic oh that's fair it it was magic it was um, so
1: good to hear this
0: as a facilitator as somebody who is stepping into that facilitation for the first time Mm -hmm. um, I encourage everybody to try it once and I don't think you have to sit there and say I'm not ready I think you just have to step in and say I'm going to try this today
1: to go through a group No, to to actually try and
0: facilitate a group. Oh, okay. To actually take the reins and say, this is a group that's coming today. Yeah. I'm going to watch the time for you. I'm going to make sure everyone has a chance to talk if they want to talk. And I'm going to listen with you. Right. Be a part of it.
1: Remind people of the comfort rules, you know, sort of, I don't want to use the word enforce the comfort rules because it's not really... You know there, but remind them but why we a, have
0: a safe space. Yeah,
1: exactly. Creating that safe space. There's something I, I want to take one uh, half step back. Mm. And you said you were very lucky, and it's like, you know, I don't want this to just be me blowing smoke, but it it's not. It's not necessarily about luck. They saw something. You know, you you did the prep work. You did the you did the work, and there was an opportunity, but you took that opportunity. So, you know, we 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 call things lucky sometimes, but you know, we need to be careful. to to not undermine our own um you know hard work and tenacity and and what the value add that we bring to the table can be you know and and i think having been through one of your groups um Mm -hmm. you know it is it's a safe environment it's there's something very powerful about that to be in a room where there are people that are very different from one another even though they share a similar attribute people at different levels people at different um levels of wanting to share the the whole, you know, the whole spectrum and, you know, sort of being the ringmaster of that, of that, of that group. And, you know, let me, let me just say one thing. My, my mantra for this show is encourage courage and a great facilitator creating a safe space in a room is encouraging courage because there are people in that room that if it weren't safe, if it weren't set up the right way and it weren't led by the right people, they wouldn't be able to exhibit the courage they need to, to, to exhibit to move forward. So I apologize for stepping on your story, <laughs> but, I, but I, I do think that's important to say that it's not just luck, you know.
0: Well, it's <laughs> So I met somebody who had a similar idea around recovery with me. And so we were able to share space together to facilitate together and work together. But um, that bipolar group was my favorite group. In fact, they, they shifted the days. I went back to school. I made a decision to go back to school. And my first year, I could do it. It was no problem. I did my group on Wednesday afternoons. I would have class in the morning. I'd beeline to MDAO to run my group. And then I'd beeline back to my group, back to my school to do school in the evenings. But the second year, I could not get a class on Wednesday the one class I needed to take, I needed to take at York, and it was way far away, so I couldn't do it. So MDAO very graciously turned to me and said, "What day would you like?"
1: Wow!
0: <laughs> and again, I said, "Oh, um, Friday." And so the bipolar group is still running Fridays at MDAO from one to three. If anybody wants to go,
1: <laughs> it's at, it's just west of a- uh, Young at Eglinton on the north side.
0: On the sixth floor at thirty six Eglinton Absolutely.
1: Avenue. Absolutely. What a what a great place that is.
0: So, and, and the facilitators are fabulous. I happen to know them both personally, and they are very, very good at what they do.
1: So how long were you running it before you, um, you know, made the tag and, 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 and stepped away from that piece? Is that concurrent with when you got into?
0: Um, I did that until I started working at St. Mike's.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So
0: um, I did that for two and a half years. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, at the same time, had you started at that point doing Laughing Like Crazy as well? Um, The facilitation part of it?
0: Um, When did I do my facilitation? I did one in... No, I was already working at St. Mike's. So one of the facilitators of Laughing Like Crazy, because Laughing Like Crazy went and hired two facilitators to work. Okay. And one of them came to me and asked me to co-facilitate with her. And we did an evening group. So I was working... At St. Mike's, but I was only working part-time at St. Mike's. Okay, I see. And um, funny enough, I facilitated a colleague of mine um, who I respect and love very much. And I watched him do his first Laughing Like Crazy.
1: Oh, wow. A colleague like, from St. Mike's. From
0: St. Mike's. And he is now going to facilitate his first Laughing Like Crazy in January. Oh, so that's pretty the beat neat. goes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... And... Um, Yeah, it's really exciting. Like it's, it's really, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful group.
1: Right. right. Uh, Yeah. Um, I don't have a good segue here, but I would say uh, I I, want to know more about your journey with, um, with Laughing Like Crazy. Specifically,
0: I think laughing like crazy was born out of the idea that let's break the mold. Let's make people laugh about things that people really struggle with and let's give them a place to to showcase that. And so for me, it literally came. There was an application. It was a one page application. Yeah. And it just said so you, why had,
1: you had been uh, so I, sorry to interrupt. But no. you at this point, you had been working through and with um, the MDAO for a little while. Mm -hmm. I've
0: been, oh yeah, a whole three or four months, I think.
1: Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay.
0: And I saw this um, application and they said, fill it out and, and, you know, we'll call you and see and see if there's a wait list or not. And we'll see if we can get you in. So I filled it out and uh, a gentleman named Michael Cole called me. And Michael is the person who created the Laughing Like Crazy. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. He's written a book okay and um not about laughing like crazy but he'd written uh, he's written a very funny book about the beaver and it's a very tongue-in-cheek yeah. I'll, I'll find it for you i have it somewhere
1: even if you can tell us but, the name uh, of it
0: i'd have to go find it okay sure i have to go find it but um anyways he's a very funny gentleman and he gave me a call and he said so why do you think you'd be funny and i said i don't that's the point And he said, what do you mean? And I said, I don't think people think that I am funny. I think they think I've been sick. I think they think I've been a lot of things, but funny is not one of them. And I want to prove them wrong. And so he said, okay, welcome to Laughing Like Crazy. What is it? It's 16 weeks. Um, It's a combination of peer support and joke writing. Um, The first few weeks are really on the joke writing. So how do you do it? Yeah. We start the peer support slowly, and then we sort of let people loose to start writing their jokes and finding their voice, and we try and couch that in peer support. So you find a voice that's being supported, you find a voice that's being watched over, cared for, um, and ultimately hugely supported by this group of people that have come together all for the same reason. And it's beautiful to watch. It's seeing those little synapses fire off, the little people go, wow. Not little people. Seeing the people <laughs> go, wow. Um, seeing them find things in common and, and reaching out to each other yes. as a facilitator, it's, it's the best thing that can happen oh. is, is watching I mean. that pick up and, and that connection being made by the different people in the room and, and seeing those connections continue yes. and grow stronger. Yes.
1: I, uh, I've done quite a bit of facilitation and it's such a wonderful feeling when you hear that click, you know, and when, um, everyone's sort of on the same page or or coming close to that same page. So, and I want to go back to your experience with laughing like crazy and, you know, the people that helped you through, um, you know, that initial, your initial trip.
0: There was another young woman named Emma Ardell who was, went on to become the director of Laughing Like Crazy who was um, co-facilitating with Michael. And it was Michael's last group. Oh, okay. So we realized only halfway through how lucky we were. <laughs> but uh, something stuck with me, and that was... Emma was th- at the front facilitating, and she's a phenomenal facilitator. Um, I really... One of the people I try and model myself after. Um, she mentioned that one of the things that happened while she was taking Laughing Like Crazy was that she had actually been in hospital and they came to get her from the hospital.
1: For the show? Or for,
0: no, for the just actual for classes. For the classes. Wow. And that she kept going. That was the one thing that kept her going. Um, And I thought, you know, this is really something that's going above and beyond, like really something special here. If they're willing to do that. Yeah. They were willing to put up with me. And I was going through medication changes and I was shaking like a leaf. I was taking cogentin. I was not doing well at all. And they kept saying, just come. Stand in the door if you have to.
1: Yep. Just come. Just being that gentle support.
0: And that's what they were. And believe it or not, um, I wrote by the, by the 12th week, I had seven jokes. That's,
1: that's it. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, you say that's it, but like, I mean, again, you're somebody who, uh, what was your experience writing jokes before that?
0: Well, I never had an experience writing jokes right. before that. So, so that's,
1: that's pretty cool.
0: But I wasn't a prolific joke writer. People think, okay, you've gone on, you've become a facilitator, you, you have all these jokes now, because I do, I have a lot of jokes now. But I want to tell people that you can start off very slowly. It doesn't work just because you say, I'm going to do this. It doesn't always work the first time. It's something to work at.
1: Hey, I think if you go up there with three or four jokes, you know, for the showcase, that's something that you would have never done 16 weeks prior. Would you say that when you came out the other end of laughing like crazy, I'm not saying that you turned cartwheels and you were like, I'm healed. I'm, you know, I'm well now. But did you feel better or did you, how did you feel coming out the other side?
0: I went on a huge high. Um, I was initially, the night of my Laughing Like Crazy debut, there was a CBC camera staring us down because one of the people in my group was doing a whole thing on anxiety. And so they were there filming her, but it was the only thing you could see. We, We didn't do it at the Y like we do now. We did it at the library. So it was a very small room. Oh, okay. Um, The room, they actually kicked us out after that because we had too many people in the room. Oh. (laughs) So, um, and it was the first time I had done my jokes um, and talked about my illness, really, in front of family. Um, My mom and my stepdad were there, and my grandmother was there. And so it was the first time, some of my jokes, you know, um, my doctor told me that um, bipolar can lead to overspending and hypersexuality. To me, that means great sex and fabulous shoes. <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> Hi,
1: how are you doing?
0: Good to see you tonight. <laughs> but okay,
1: well, uh, you know, to, to, to dissect that a little bit, like that was a conversation that maybe, you know, and I'm being presumptuous here, maybe you tried to have with her before, like directly, and you weren't able to. Or if you didn't feel comfortable having that conversation, then you didn't have that conversation. And here now, you had this whole new superpower that you were able to couch you know your sickness in a way that was designed to potentially make her laugh uh definitely make the rest of the room laugh you know and and she could hear things that you've been feeling inside that maybe she didn't understand or know and now she did do you know what I mean like that's pretty powerful
0: yeah I think it does open it, it opens up a conversation for people definitely absolutely um I mean, it opens up conversation for friends that, uh, that you invite, that, that see you there, that see you in this light for the first time. It opens up, but it opens up your conversation for yourself, with yourself. If I can talk about this, what else can I talk about?
1: Oh, damn.
0: If I, if I, can, if I can say this, what else can I say? Yeah. What else will come out?
1: Did you find that the therapy that you were doing over and above, um, you know, peer support groups and stuff like that, that it changed because of your experiences with Laughing Like Crazy?
0: My therapist pushes me to do more. Gotcha. Okay. My push. My therapist pushes me to write more jokes, to write about my experiences. Oh, how cool is that? Um, she bought the book. There's a book about laughing like crazy.
1: I don't, <laughs> don't look for it because you can't find it, but it's, <laughs> no, it's out it out looks print. really cool. I hope it's, it comes back sometime.
0: <laughs> it's out of print. Yeah. But she's got a book.
1: <laughs> oh, that's very, so, I want one.
0: <laughs> she, I want one. <laughs> I don't even have one. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> Right, if you're listening, MDAO. Reprint. Yeah, reprint. Right. Come on.
0: <laughs> but um, it's not always about the crazy. Right. It can be about all sorts of other things that we've experienced as human beings. Yep. Um, but throwing in that crazy is very liberating. I find that it's very much, people say, I never thought I could talk about that. And I know for me, as a facilitator, coming from the beginning where I started laughing like crazy to becoming a facilitator, I've come through this process of how do I work out my shit now? Um, and so when I need to work something out, I look at how I can write a joke about it. So it's become literally a coping tool for me to say, this is happening or this has happened. I need to process it. right? And so how do I process it and how do I make it into something funny for me? Um, my experience, I have a joke that... The Community Knows Me For. Okay. um, It's my fountain joke, and and everybody knows it, and everybody loves it. Do you want to share it? I can share it. Sure. Dancing naked in a fountain in Paris, singing Vive la France, got me a few wolf whistles and quite a few come-ons. Dancing naked in Lake Ontario, singing Oh Canada, got me committed. (laughs)
1: And that's become sort of your, that's like a, a, when you do a set now, people expect that joke in the set.
0: People expect that joke. And that joke took me three months to write.
1: Interesting.
0: Took three months of hard. I'm drilling down on this experience. Yeah. I'm connecting these experiences. This is what happened. This is where I am. I need to laugh at this because it's so intensely personal that I need to get it out. Right I need to look at it with something besides tears. I need to make it funny
1: yeah, and you were you were able to you know put it into a i don't want to say template, but you know like one of the hallmarks of a joke is you know um inviting the audience to to go somewhere with you and then you push the button under your desk and drop the floor out mm-hmm. you know it's like whoops that's not you were expecting this but i'm giving you this it's like that <laughs> element of surprise right
0: it's, it's the punch right yeah absolutely so we hook you in draw you in and and it's designed in the theory of three with with different so i'm dancing i'm getting wolf whistles i'm getting come on so i have three things and then i'm pulling you in and i'll give you three things again and then i give you my punch
1: right so there's a you know there's a so symmetry to it.
0: There is a symmetry to it. It's a little bit of a longer joke compared to some of the others that I do, um, but it is definitely one of the hallmark jokes that I do.
1: That's yeah, that's awesome. That's really neat when you've got something in your back pocket and you and you say three months. Three there months. are people listening to this right now going three months. This is a sixteen week program. You're telling me that you know um, three quarters of the program in- was was you writing one joke.
0: After I'd taken my own laughing like crazy, after I would facilitated my own laughing like crazy, then I wrote that joke.
1: Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) In
0: three months. So I wasn't ready after the 16 weeks. I wasn't ready after the second 16 weeks. It took me another 12 weeks of deciding on my own that I want to write this joke. That This is a joke that I'm going to do. That's how long it took me to write that joke. There are other jokes that were much quicker. Right. There are other jokes. um, Going crazy is a very bad thing. And I'm a very naughty girl. (laughs) That came very quickly, very easily, and really worked. Um, And really worked in my set because of the way my set sort of filled it. Flowed and gotcha. But some jokes for me become therapy. And that three months was therapy. It was how do I get through this? How do I talk about this? How do I bring it up? How do I not be ashamed of this? What What is all the thoughts and feelings around it? And humor will burst all of that for oh me. Oh my, uh, absolutely. It's, it's Laughing like crazy is, is a gift to those that choose to try and take the gift. Um, people have said, I can't do it. And I understand that totally. We still have never had a person who went all the way through to the end not perform.
1: That's a great track record.
0: Um, you know, we've had people drop out partway through, agree. Sure. But anybody who's made it to that night have all performed. Even the people who still that night were saying, I don't want to go up there. <laughs> 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 you know, they, they went up there and they did it.
1: What a, what a cool thing to, for them to be able to experience and participate in.
0: Um, I think it's a journey that is I wish everybody could take.
1: It'd be pretty cool, wouldn't
0: it? It would be because, yeah. you know, I think people there's a, there's an assumption with the stigma that people who have a mental health issue are weak, mm-hmm. and I think this is just one more way that we prove that the strength is actually something you can't see, you can't measure. Oh my
1: God, no, <laughs> you do. okay? I'm not even gonna step on that. That that's just perfect, and I just want to wrap with you. Um, pardon the pun, but if there's anything that you want to say about um, these organizations and uh, and uh, how they've affected you.
0: MDAO is something that has worked for me, mm-hmm. um, and I encourage people to try it with all the things that they do now because they've branched out and do tons of stuff. But um, I've been really lucky with them. In, in, in the sense that it's really, really worked, and I've really worked hard with them, and they've really worked and, and given back to me. Like I've, I've felt that it's a really good relationship. And oh, that's nice. It's been seven and a half years now.
1: Since you... Since, since I you first
0: started with them. Pushed seven that
1: years. six button on the elevator and, yeah. and uh, probably took a deep breath. Was Anne Borley. I want to thank Anne for her candor and her care in sharing her experiences with the MDAO, with Laughing Like Crazy, and her life experience. I also want to thank the Review Cinema for sponsoring today's episode. And lastly, I want to encourage you to reach out to the Mood Disorder Association of Ontario, the MDAO, www.mdao.ca to inquire about laughing like crazy, laughing like crazier, and to potentially offer your support. They cannot run these types of programs without your generosity and care. Be well and stay safe. A show of strength is a movement where I try To encourage courage. You can subscribe, rate, and review the various shows we produce at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, including how to connect on social, please visit www.ashowofstrength.com.